0: Thank you for joining us for episode two of The Herald. This is Brendan Flanagan. You'll notice that this format is a little bit longer than our So What series, which is found on brendanflanagan.com. The purpose, the reason for this, is that we're desiring to really dig deep into the scriptures and pull out those nuggets which God desires us to know so we can learn more about him and grow in the unfathomable riches of Jesus Christ. Today, we're really looking at what it means to have eternal life in the name of Jesus Christ, with God. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to The Herald, your weekly verse-by-verse exposition of the Scriptures. This is Brendan Flanagan, and today we'll be discussing eternal life. Last week we looked at John chapter 20, verses 30-31, and we're going to continue to discuss this verse, specifically looking at the life that John promises, zoe, eternal life, In the name of God through Jesus Christ. What is true abiding eternal life? This was a question we asked ourselves last week. Is this something we possess truly, ultimately? Are we resting in Jesus Christ and the life that God provides? Not the life that we find from our very function, not the life that is natural and existing within our soul, not the life that we seek through pleasures of this world or satisfying uh, felt needs. But a true and abiding life in God. For we desire more than just confession of Jesus Christ, more than just a mental comprehension of who He is. We desire to believe in Him with our very heart. So that's why now we're going to turn to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, and look at it, what it really means to have faith in Jesus Christ and what that entails. We mentioned this last week, but we didn't read the verse, and that's what we're going to do now. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Confession comprehension, intellectual acknowledgement of who Jesus Christ is, is essential. But uniquely tied to that, coupled to that thought, to that realization, is a heart condition. It's submission to Jesus Christ as Lord, as Savior, as God and Redeemer. This brings us together together This allows us to experience the life of God that John promises. We believe with our hearts. We turn to God. But what is this life? What is the eternal life that John promises and what God provides through his only begotten Son? So we're going to go to the words of Jesus Christ. We're going to go to John chapter 17, verse 3, and he says this. Very succinctly, he explains, he gives the definition for eternal life, and he says this, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The gravity of salvation, of life in God, the complete essentials, is two things, knowing Jesus Christ, And knowing God through Him. This is the core of the faith. This is the foundation of this faith. Nothing more must be acquired. Nothing more must be done. Nothing more must be received. Nothing more must be imparted by men. No, we must come to know God, the Creator, Yahweh, and His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. But in our world, in our society, knowledge is a funny thing. So we want to delve into what is knowledge? What is to know Jesus Christ? Is this a mere passing association with Jesus Christ? Is this a mere acquaintanceship with Jesus Christ? Surely it says if we confess him. So must we only mention the name of Jesus Christ? Must we say he is Lord and God? And then continue about our daily lives, continuing our day-to-day activities as if Christ really is only existing in the heavenlies, existing apart from us? No, of course, this is ridiculous, and we're going to see this as we look through the Scriptures. Christ must actually take the seat of our appetites. He must be the center of our lives. This is what knowledge entails, and this is what knowledge entails in the Greek, and this is how the Jew would naturally understand it. We go to John chapter 8, verse 31, we can see this thought expounded upon. John chapter 8 verse 31 reads this. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Knowledge entails not only comprehension, but obedience. What Jesus used here for the word abide is meno. It's where we get our word meditate. It means that the word of Christ is constantly in our hearts and on our minds. This is abiding life. This isn't a passing thought. This is an obsession. It's continually meditating on the word. And this is the same thought that's emphasized throughout the Bible. We can find it in Deuteronomy as Moses exhorts the people to constantly meditate upon the word of God. And as God himself encourages Joshua to continue day and night to meditate upon the Word of God. This is a continuous theme throughout the Scriptures, and it's only reinforced by Jesus Christ. So, discipleship, true obedience, true forever belief in Jesus Christ depends upon abiding, meditating upon His Word, hearing, and comprehending His Word, comprehending and doing his word. This allows a unique feature. and This is what we're going to see in John chapter 5, verse 30. This is even how Jesus Christ himself operates while on earth under submission to the Father. John chapter 5, verse 30. I can do nothing on my own initiative, Jesus says, as I hear I judge, and my judgment is just, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Hearing, comprehending, obeying aligns our will with the will of God. This is an essential element of eternal abiding life in God. Our will is conformed to the will of God. Our heart's desire is transformed by God's desire. There is no other way around this very thought. This is the Christian life. A life aligned with the will of God, and it leads to action. We see that. First, Christ waits. He waits upon the initiative of the Father. We see that in John chapter five, verse thirty. I can do nothing on my own initiative. He waits upon the initiative of God, and he's he's waiting. He's listening, and he hears. And as he hears, he comprehends. That's the word in Greek is akouo. It's it's it entails it entails full hearing and comprehending. Sometimes people say. You're listening, but you're not hearing what I'm saying. This entails hearing, comprehending, and then we see that in the bottom, and doing. My judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He judges, and he judges according to the will of God, for his his will is in complete alignment, in complete parallel with the will of God, resulting in godly action. We can see that further emphasized in John chapter 6, verse 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is not only the purpose of Jesus Christ, this is the purpose of the Christian. We rely on Jesus Christ as a path to God. But he aligns our will. He provides the means to align our will with the will of God. This is essential. Our will must be aligned with the will of God. Our heart must be meditating day and night continually when we sit down and when we rise, when we lay down and when we walk upon the commandments, upon the things, upon the thoughts of God. This is what leads to eternal abiding life. And that's what we're going to see in John chapter 4 verse 34 where he says this, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. What feeds Jesus Christ? What nourishes his very soul? What provides a lifeline to God? What satisfies him? What contents him? It's to do the will of God. It's to follow the will of God. And he can only know the will of God, not by listening to his own heart, not by meditating upon his own thoughts. He can only know the will of God by hearing what God says, hearing what God speaks. This is the identical way for the Christian to operate. We listen to God. We hear what God says through the word of God. He directs us through his spirit. This is the cre- clear and critical means that a Christian operates in this world. And we'll close with this, Psalm 37:4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. This is an often misinterpreted, poorly understood verse. Christ, Jesus Christ, His soul, His will, His very being aligned perfectly with the will of God, delighted Himself in the Lord. And when Jesus Christ prayed, God delivered the promises. But here's the understanding when Jesus Christ prayed, He prayed in complete, perfect alignment with the will of God. This must be the Christian prayer. God will not give us the desires of our heart if our desires do not reflect God's heart. We must, in prayer and in constant meditation upon the Word of God, align ourselves with His will. His will, His Word will transform our heart. With a transformed heart, we pray according to the will of God, and He grants the desires of our heart. For these things are pure, unadulterated, not tainted by our selfish desires and our fallen needs. This makes us glorify God. And this is the chief end of man, to glorify God. For we exist for no other purpose but to raise up God in His holiness and perfection to a fallen and broken world. I pray this week that we can contemplate truly and surely if we possess eternal life, not a mere external confession of who Jesus Christ is, but an internal transformation. Are we obeying God due to duty, due to sacrifice, or from a loyal and loving heart? A heart transformed not by our working, our striving, our discipline, transformed by God's power has God written his very commandments upon our heart? Are we saddened by our sin? Not guilty from our sin, but saddened by our sin. Sin should sadden us, for it shows how far we are from aligning ourselves with God. But we have a great hope in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, which continually forgives us and convicts us, transforming us daily into the likeness of Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son. Thank you for joining us this week on The Herald. You're welcome to listen to this and other Herald sessions on (laughs) brendanflanagan.com.